Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number two of Genesis chapter eight. And we're looking at the first three verses. And God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that was with him in the ark. And God made a wind to pass over the earth and the waters assuaged. The fountains also of the deep and the windows of heaven were stopped and the rain from heaven was restrained. And the waters returned from off the earth continually. And after the end of the 150 days, the waters were abated. I'll stop reading there. In our last study, we saw that God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that was with him in the ark. And that goes along with the statement made in Genesis 7, verse 23. Noah only remained alive and all they that were with him. Noah is the key figure because he points to Christ. And, and so God continually is emphasizing the name of Noah. He remembered Noah. We don't read that God remembered Shem, Ham, and Japheth, but Noah, because Noah is the type and figure of the Lord Jesus, and all with him are the elect. Well, uh, it goes on to say, And God made a wind to pass over the earth, and the waters assuaged. Now, we, we have similar ingredients or circumstances concerning the events of the flood and concerning um, the events uh, of the Red Sea. For instance, with the flood, we have the ones that are delivered that go through the water, and with the Red Sea, God opened up the sea, and he did that through the wind. The, the wind going all night caused the, the waters to stand as a wall on either side, and it made a pathway as on dry land or dry ground. And then the Egyptians sought to destroy the Israelites and pursued them into the sea on this path, but God collapsed the waters, and again he used the wind to collapse the walls of water upon the Egyptians. And the Egyptians, Pharaoh and his army, were drowned in the Red Sea, just as all of the people outside of the ark and all the animals with the breath of life in all the world were drowned in the flood. So we have that similarity. And now we're reading that God made a wind to pass over the earth and the waters assuaged. Let's take a look at Exodus 14 and the dividing of the Red Sea. It says in verse 21, And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and Jehovah caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night, and made the sea 
dry land, and the waters were divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. And the Egyptians pursued and went in after them to the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And it came to pass that in the morning watch Jehovah looked upon the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of the cloud, and troubled the host of the Egyptians, and took off their chariot wheels, that they drave them heavily, so that the Egyptians said, Let us flee from the face of Israel, for Jehovah fighteth for them against the Egyptians. And Jehovah said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand over the sea, that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, and upon their horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to his strength when the morning appeared, and the Egyptians fled against it. And Jehovah overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea, and the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen, and all the host of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them, the remain not so much as one of them, but the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. Thus Jehovah saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. So again, we see some of the same ingredients. Of course, it's different because Noah was commissioned to build the ark, and, and so the way for the people delivered from the flood was inside of the ark. That's how they stayed dry. But the, the waters represent the wrath of God, and the waters drown the Egyptians. The waters drown all the people of the world of Noah's day. God's people remain untouched by the waters. They walked on dry land through the Red Sea, and they went through the enormous deluge of the flood inside the ark protected from all the water. So the the waters could not come against them and destroy them because they had the the ark that that uh, huge vessel protecting them and and delivering them. But now God is indicating after the 150 days, which we know is five months, that the waters cease. The the waters uh, are stopped. We read in verse 2, the fountains also of the deep and the windows of heaven were stopped. The rain from heaven was restrained. The waters returned from off the earth continually, and after the end of the 150 days, the waters were abated. Uh, This is the beginning process. After five months or 150 days, wherein the earth will become dry. And once the earth is dry, then all on board the ark can come out of the ark and enter into the dry land. And in this case, it will be as though they've gone through the judgment of God, through the final judgment, and once the final judgment has been completed, 
they disembark and come out onto um, a second earth or or a new earth. It, it's a dry earth. It's a dry land. It, it's really the picture of a new heaven and a new earth. It's as though God has recreated it. And so the assuaging of the water, the going down of the water from this point forward is is leading to the complete drying up of all the water and they cannot come out. It's very important. It, it It's um, a, a very important picture that God has established. They cannot come out of the ark if the ground is a little bit wet, if it's muddy even. Remember the the Lord stressed when the Israelites went through the Red Sea, they walked as on dry ground, which was a, a huge, tremendous miracle. How can you part waters of a sea and expect that the the ground that has been covered by water for so long would be dry? But God dried it up because the wrath of God is pictured or typified by the water. The water, the wrath of God cannot touch the people of God in the slightest degree because all of their sins are paid for, atoned for by the Lord Jesus Christ. And if there was even a drop of water that pictures the wrath of God remaining, then it would be as though uh, there was a tiny little bit of wrath God was pouring out on uh, those that that should have had all of their sins paid for by the Lord Jesus Christ. So uh, the Lord makes sure. He, he, he is very careful to do this with the um, traveling over the seabed as of dry ground and then the finally coming out of the ark. We might wonder, and I, I've wondered myself reading the whole account, why wake so long? And, and especially for the people and the animals inside the ark, they they had to be very impatient being cooped up for a year inside that vessel. And, and then finally, um, it, it says in verse 13 of Genesis 8, And it came to pass in the 601st year, in the first month, the first day of the month, the waters were dried up, from off the earth. And Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked and behold, the face of the ground was dry, but they did not come out of the ark. On, on the first day of the first month of the 601st year of Noah, why did they not exit the ark? Because, yes, it was dry. That is, you, you could not see the flood waters at, at um, any sort of level, uh, you know, when there's a flood and and, and you see um, in a very bad flood, even houses could be covered, cars are covered, and then after a while, the water's gone down, and and it's just at the level of the tires, and then it goes down a little bit further, and and uh, maybe it's at the level of the sewers, but there's still water. And you could say once there's just puddles remaining, well, it's dried up. That That's one perspective. Yet from God's 
perspective, it must be completely dry. There cannot be a single drop of water from the flood remaining. And and so when Noah looks out, uh, it, it's probably uh, puddles here, puddles there. And, and yes, the earth is dry. There, it's no longer um, high flood water. And, and they could have come out of the ark, but they waited, it says in verse 14, and in the second month on the seven and twentieth day of the month was the earth dried. And, and again, that would be one month and over three weeks after the initial declaration that the earth was dry. They waited until it was totally, completely dry. Then they came out. And, and so here in verse 1, already after 150 days, God made a wind to pass over the earth and the waters assuaged. Now the word assuage, the Hebrew word is 7918 in a concordance, and it's only used five times in the Old Testament. One of the times is here, and it's used four other times. Um, once in Jeremiah, in the context of setting a snare, and it's the, actually the word setteth in association with a snare or a trap, and it's used another time in Numbers 17, verse 5. It says, And it shall come to pass that the man's rod, whom I shall choose, shall blossom, and I will make to cease, and that's that's our word, I will make to cease from me the murmurings of the children of Israel, whereby they murmur against you. The word cease. So uh, in our uh, verse again, it says, And the waters assuaged. They ceased. We we have confirmation. The rain stopped. The waters rising from beneath and so forth. Wherever they were coming from, whatever source, they ceased rising. After five months, the 150-day period. Now, this word is also the same Hebrew word found two times in the book of Esther. Once in Esther 2 and verse 1. It says, After these things, when the wrath of King Ahasuerus was appeased, he remembered Vashti and what she had done and what was decreed against her. Now, the word appeased is the same word translated as assuaged or ceased. When the wrath of King Ahasuerus was appeased, he remembered Vashti and what she had done and what was decreed against her. And then they they sought for a new queen. And that's where Esther is discovered and, and the story of Esther goes on, but the wrath of King Ahasuerus against Vashti was that she come no more before him or or to him. She was shut up and she would lose her her role as queen and a new queen would be sought. And King Ahasuerus is a figure of God himself. Vashti is a figure of national Israel and Esther of the true believers, the the elect who come to marry God. 
and and first God divorces Israel, and and for all intents and purposes, that's what Ahasuerus did with Vashti when he he shut her up, and it all identifies with wrath because God's judgment was on Israel when he divorced them and the veil of the temple was written twain. So the wrath of King Ahasuerus was appeased after he poured it out. After he did these things to her, then there was no more wrath, no more anger towards her, nothing more to punish her, and so there was appeasement. And that ties in with the word cease. So he he punished to a degree, but God's wrath has limits, and then it ceases. It is appeased. And the other place is also in Esther, and this is the fifth place, the last place this word is found in the Old Testament, in Esther chapter 7 and verse 10. So they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then was the king's wrath pacified. And again, this is pointing to wrath accomplished, to uh, a judgment carried out or executed, and once done, once finished, then it can be said that the king's wrath was pacified, just similar as the statement with Vashti that it was appeased. Now, the interesting thing about Haman, we learned when we went through Esther a few years back, is that he was hanged on the 17th day of the second month. That's what all the evidence points to. And that's the day that the flood began in the Genesis account, the 17th day of the second month of Noah's 600th year. It also is the equivalent day to May 21, 2011, when God brought the final judgment. And Haman is a type of Satan, and God did judge Satan on May 21, 2011, which had the underlying Hebrew calendar date of the 17th day of the second month. And and so we see that God pours out his wrath, and when the wrath of God has been poured out, has been measured into the cup of wrath, then the king's wrath is pacified. It is satisfied in a way. Well, uh, you know, th- this really makes us wonder, because here... In Genesis 8, 1, God made a wind to pass over the earth. And the waters, and what do the waters represent? The waters represent the word of God, which is bringing the judgment. The word of God is bringing the wrath. It it is showing forth the wrath of God. The waters were pacified. Once the wind passed over the earth, the waters were appeased. And, you know, historically it is true. It, it's, it's very correct, isn't it? Because after five months, the waters were 15 cubits above the highest mountain. Was anything, any creature alive on the earth anywhere in the world? 
And the answer is no, no. E- even the the fowl, e- even the highest flying eagle, the the birds that could land on the top of mountains, they had nowhere to go because the water was 15 cubits above the highest mountain. And, and so they could not land even on a mountain and not be submerged and, and not be drowned in the water. They could have flown, you know, let's, let's say, uh, the water took some time to rise up to the peak of that highest mountain in all the world and maybe there gathered were some birds and, and yet the water kept rising even above that highest peak. And they took off in flight, but after a while, several hours, a day at most, they would have tired and they would have come back to the water and finally they would have died. And of course the people, people could have gone for higher ground throughout the period of rain, the rising of the waters. If they live near a high mountain, they, they could have gone up into the mountain, and there is evidence that indicates in, I think it was Indonesia, they found um, the remains of some people uh, in, in a cave in a very high mountain level that indicated they, they, they were drowned in a flood. And, and that wouldn't be surprising. People try to preserve their life. They try to do everything they can. And surely there were people who would have climbed the mountain trying to stay above the water, racing the water, and yet the water kept going up, 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 and then finally uh, you have nowhere to go. uh, If you're on the top of the highest mountain and the water keeps coming and rising and now you have nowhere to go, You, you have no ship. You have no vessel, no safe haven, and maybe you can swim a little while, but uh, finally you'll tire just like the birds would tire flying, and you will drown. You will die. So by the end of 150 days, when the waters had reached their highest point, by the time that that came to pass, the waters accomplished their purpose of destroying everything with the breath of life in all the earth. Everything in all the earth was dead. Every animal, every fowl, every creeping thing, every man outside of the ark, all were dead. And and so the wrath of God was accomplished. And it could be said that the waters were appeased. The waters were pacified. That they had historically done the work that God sent them forth to do. To destroy every living substance from off the face of the earth. And, and so it was a completed judgment at that point concerning everything with the breath of life. Which makes us wonder, it, it really makes us wonder if the judgment on all of the wicked, if the judgment on all of the unsaved people 
of the world was accomplished, it was finished, so that God's wrath was appeased after 150 days, then why is the account of the flood, why, why does it go on for seven more months? From, uh, it says in verse 4 of Genesis 8, And the ark rested in the seventh month on the seventeenth day of the month upon the mountains of Ararat. That's the 150-day mark, the five-month mark. And that's the point when the waters were pacified. Yet it goes on. We'll read about it, Lord willing, as we continue to study the 10th month. It goes into the 12th month, into uh, the 601st year of Noah, the first month, into the second month, almost towards the end of the second month of Noah's 601st year before finally they come out of the ark. And what is the point? What is the significance? Here we find, after 150 days, everyone that God wanted to punish and and kill and destroy to blot out them uh, from the living, he's done it. But the flood account does not end right at that point. It goes on for seven long months. It it lasts longer after this point than it did up until this point. Seven months is is greater than five months. And why? For for what reason? Yes, we know about the drying of the earth and, and there was a historical working out of that. It, it it necessarily had to take a long time. But why spiritually? What's the spiritual reason for continuing the the flood event for seven months when everyone to uh, be punished and destroyed has already been punished and destroyed? And the answer can only be, it's for the sake of those in the ark. That is, God continued leaving Noah and the other seven souls and all the animals in the ark for seven more months in order to work out his purpose, God's purpose, for those people and animals within the ark. I don't know if I'm saying this right, but in other words, God had a plan and a purpose to accomplish not only in destroying the world and punishing the wicked, but even more than that. It seems that God's plan and and his program is geared more towards the ones inside the ark than it is to all that were outside the ark. And we can see how this relates in some ways. It's it's still unclear, but in some ways, I think we can begin to see the parallel to the spiritual judgment that God brought to pass on May 21, 2011, that day, beginning with the 17th day of the second month in the Hebrew calendar, that uh, was 7,000 years after the flood, and God shut the door of heaven, and for all intents and purposes, he 
killed all the unsaved people of the earth with that blow. Yet, we're, we're continuing on. We're in the process of a prolonged judgment. Why? God has punished the wicked. He's ended his salvation program. They are as good as dead because they cannot live without God's salvation. Yet, time continues. And we can only think that time is continuing for the benefit or for the purpose of God's elect that are in Christ, that are in the safety of salvation. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.